I, I think the hardest part about delegating is people have a hard time giving up that control. But you just kind of got to realize, like, what's the trade-off? And the trade-off is you get your time back and you get a lot more stuff that you can never get any other way. That's from our conversation with Jacinda Montano. She is a mortgage broker who was on pace to close close to 200 loans this year. Jacinda is also a mother of four, and she has come up with a formula for juggling the demands of her business and family life. We're about to find out how Jacinda does it all on episode 31 of Power Forward. This is Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. Welcome back to Power Forward. Justin White alongside Mateen Cleves. And as always, Mateen, what's good, my friend? I am living a dream, and please don't wake me up, Justin. It's all good, baby. How you doing? I am doing great. <laughs> it is great to see you. Great to hear you. And uh, I want to throw something at you today before we bring in our guest. What if I told you, Martin, that you could have your cake and eat it too? You oh, have it all. Perfect. Perfect. That would be perfect, Justin. You, you, is that possible? Well, I didn't think so, quite honestly. I thought you had to, you know, choose, you know, A or B. Uh, you know, life is all about choices. But sometimes if you're really smart, if you're a really hard worker, and if you want it bad enough, you can have everything. And I'm really excited to to bring in today's guest because I got to tell you, Mateen, she seems to have it all. And we're going to find out how she has done it. She is Jacinda Montano. She is a mortgage broker in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. And her company is Loans by Jacinda. Jacinda, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Power Forward. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. I, I hope that wasn't too too big of a hype job there to, to you know tip <laughs> off the show here. But you know, in, in talking to you and finding out um, about you, about your business, about your family life, it really does seem like you have this incredible work life balance that has been completely by design. You have engineered this. Uh, so that your life runs this way. So just to start off with, uh, give our listeners just a little bit of insights into into who you are, what you do, and what your your daily life is is like. Sure. I mean, I, I am a mom, of course, and I've got four kids ranging from five to 14. So it's I've got the teenage part that I'm dealing with right now and, and also still the youngins, you know, so it's it's still in the thick of it. Um, but I mean, it's not, it hasn't always been just this, you know, smooth rolling machine. I mean, it's always just a progression and a constant restructuring and trying to figure out how to balance it all. But I, I do mortgages. Um, I love what I do. I started the business basically because I, I started our family. I was pregnant and my mom, um, was always such a big part of my life. You know, she's always like my best friend. And so I thought, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a baby, I want to be able to do something from home. I want to do something that I can have a family and still be a mom. And so I started, my sister did um, processing and she also was a loan officer as well. So I thought, you know, that's something I can do from home. So I kind of shadowed her a little bit, started my own, you know, processing and started having kids. And um, it's, it's funny how like your business just grows organically as you start to kind of make connections with people and it just kind of 
grows and I, my, I did more business every year than I did the year before. And suddenly I was like, I had three kids, um, kind of a huger, you know, a lot bigger business than I ever attended. And, um, I start, I popping out my fourth kid now. And that was like, took everything I had in me. I mean, it was like, I didn't think I could do pregnancy one more time. I'm just, I know you guys are guys, but I'm just telling you pregnancy sucks like crazy <laughs> and, and trying to like work and be pregnant is and and you know, I, I mean, I'm telling you, like my whole business was built. Like I would literally be nursing my baby on a little pillow and taking out a loan application, you know, hoping that my baby wouldn't cry. Cause it sounds really unprofessional. I think you're crying baby as you're taking a loan application. <laughs> But you just kind of do it, right? You just kind of juggle and you're just trying to figure it out and, and just, you know, as a mom, we just take uh, as like, okay, well, this is what has to be done. And you just try to use every minute of the day. And I say mom, but I mean dad too. I mean, parents are, both parents are just super important. Well, thank you. So, well, thank you. We cannot, we cannot truly understand what it, what it means to be pregnant and go through that. But our wives remind us all the time. So yes. we feel you. I <laughs> I, we, you got to plug in for the mom sometimes too, but I, but, but obviously a, a kid needs both. A kid needs both a mom and a dad. It's, they're both so important. Um, and so I, I was just like, I, I, my fourth kid was just a huge turning point for me. I just kind of got to the point where I'm like, I couldn't seem to manage both anymore. And, um, that's the first time I started like thinking, okay, like I can't quite handle my business all day and take care of a little baby. I mean, that little baby is like a full-time job. Um, and so I, I, well, funny story. And this is, I mean, I, you got to know my husband is just a rock star, 100%. But, and, and I, I, I realized that guys are just asking the right questions, right? But as a mom, when you're like full of hormones, you maybe not realize that they're just asking a legitimate question. But I was, I was telling my husband, I'm like, hey, I am like dying here. I mean, I, I feel like I'm just run ragged. I, I need, I can't do this baby and this business at the same time. You just like, well, what, what's changed? And I seriously was looking at him like, I am going to freaking deck you. Like, what do you mean? What's changed? You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, I got four kids now and even more loans than I did last year. And he was literally just like wanting to figure out why I couldn't do it now. And I could do it with the other three kids. But, um, that was a big turning point. Cause I actually, I hired a nanny to help me with my, with my baby, you know? And I thought, okay, well, she can kind of take care of the baby. I can hopefully do my loans and just be a mom. Um, but that was like kind of that, sometimes I think we have a hard time asking for help. And I think that goes for guys and girls. We all try to do it all. And we don't think anyone can do it as good as we can, which maybe they can't, you know what I mean? But you really have to have you be the one that's doing it. Right. So as, as my loans, like my business kept growing and then my, um, uh, my business was getting also out of hand. So I ended up, um, finally got to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm working, I'd get up at nine o'clock in the morning. Well, I start working at nine o'clock in the morning. I'd get up earlier. And that, that time in the morning was like the most important time for me because um, it was before my kids would go to school. And it was just kind of this little tradition that they would come in around seven and they would just would all pile on my bed and we'd just have a big snuggle fest and just have that, just that moment before their school starts. You know what I mean? And I would lay in my bed and it was seriously just like such gratitude that would come 
at me every morning. It was like starting my morning with the gratitude because like I would just be filled up with just like, I'm like, love that I have a job that I could just take the time in the morning to be with my kids. And I'd have kids on all my, you know, both arms and, you know, they're just laying all over me, you know what I mean? And, and we're just kind of talking and um, this still happens pretty much every Saturday morning as well still. But um, it was just, uh, and I just had this prayer of gratitude, like true gratitude, like, you know, thank you, Heavenly Father, for this moment, like this moment, uh, that I can just be present with my kids and, and have this um, beautiful souls that are around me. So um, anyway, as, as that grew, um, I, was, I was like looking at my life and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm starting my job around nine. I'm working all the way until like six or seven come out, make dinner, have a few minutes with my family. And then I'd go back to work and work from 10 PM to 2 AM. And it was like, I thought, gosh, you know, like this job, it's, it's an ebb and flow. It's like a constant ocean of like waves coming in. You're just kind of like, okay, I'll just, this is just temporary. So I kept telling my husband, well, this is just temporary, you know? And then finally, after three years, he's like, I don't think this is temporary. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I I'm like, I, I, yeah, I think I need to do something different. So um, that's when I hired an assistant, like a loan officer assistant and, and trained her, um, which changed my life. Like it brought a lot of balance back in. And I, my sister does this as well. And I kept telling her like, Chantel, please, like you need to get some help, like stop processing your own loan, stop, you know, get some help so you can have a life. And she just like, would never let that go. And I love my sister. Don't get me wrong. She's amazing. But I just thought, you know, for me, I kind of started stepping back and looking at like, okay, what can I do? Like, what is it that's most important to me? You know what I mean? And, and I look at it and say, okay, you know, being a mom to my kids is most important to me. Like that's my first job. That's my number one job. And that's, that's a job I can't screw up. You know what I mean? Like you can't fix it with money. You can't fix it with any other way, but it's being an active and involved parent. And those kids know that they're number one. You know what I mean? Like that, that stability. And so I'm like, okay, well, the mom thing can't be done by anyone else but me. Like that's me. And that's my job. Um, like giving him that type of love and attention. And when I'm with my kids, I am with my kids. Like I don't have my phone. I, I have it. I don't have my computer. Like I am just present with my kids because that's their time. But, um, but then there's like a lot of like crappy parenting time. Right. So what I mean by that is I'm like looking at my day and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, my kids get off, get out of school at three you know, they have to do all this running around, like taking them to basketball practice, taking the soccer practice, taking them uh, to art and piano. And it's just this constant, like running around kind of thing, which you don't have time to do, at least I don't. And um, then trying to like do their homework and then like making dinner and all that stuff. So I thought, okay, you know what? There's like this time between three and 6 PM that just is like mom stuff that moms need to do. But I doesn't have to actually be me that does that. That's not like a meaningful thing for my kids. And so I just hired this, like, you know, my little teenage girls that are 17, 18 year olds that are just awesome and adorable. And they just, they give my kids all this love and everything, but they come and work for me from three to six. They take my kids everywhere. They help straighten up the house. They make dinner. So then I come out of my office at six o'clock. All that crappy stuff is done. We have dinner. We converse, you have all this conversation and we just enjoy our night. We play games. We like have, you know, it's just like this quality time because I'm delegating all this crappy time stuff to someone else that 
needs to be done, but doesn't need to be done by me. And it's just constantly like looking at those kind of things like, okay, what, what is it that I need to do? And what is it that someone else can do, but just needs to be done. And I do the same thing in my business too, where my assistant, I'm just kind of like, there's things that I like my conversations with my clients is always me. It's never talking to my assistant. It's always, and we, I've set myself up like on Google voice where, um, all my text messages come to my Google Voice. And so there's text messages that my assistant assistant can take care of and there's text messages that I need to take care of. So we're both like working it and she's got, you know, my clients think it's always me replying back to them, but sometimes it's my assistant and sometimes it's me, but like they're getting back to you right away. You know what I mean? So that needs being fulfilled, but I'm trying to like delegate my time because, <clears throat> you know, time is just the only thing that we don't have any more of. And like money, I can always earn more money. I can always make more money, everything. It's so much easier for me to donate my money than my time because my time is the only thing that I don't, it's a a commodity that I will never have any more of. And um, so to me, when I'm looking at stuff, I'm actually sorting by time. Like what is worth my time and what is worth, like I can just have someone else do it because man, I mean, we all have the same amount of time. I know that, but I'm just saying like what we do with our time is probably the more the definition of, of what we are and who we are and what we accomplish really. Oh, I, I know, that, Bettine, I know, I know you want to jump in here cause I, I already know what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about the fact that she delegates not just in her professional life, but also in her personal life. And I know that Mateen is a big, big uh, <laughs> fan of delegating. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I definitely, first of all, I want to applaud you for, from coming from a background and having a mother and father that poured so much into me. So I applaud you for that because I've been around other people that are very successful and they put their kids and families on the back burner to be successful. So um, the fact that you found this formula uh, to, 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 <laughs> to do great at both of those is fantastic. But yeah, I did want to dive back into that delegation because it's funny, I was talking to a leader earlier today, a younger leader, and he, he was so ambitious to be great at his job and he wanted to do everything right and he wanted to be hands on with everything. And I said, hey, that nice um, greater hair that you have right there, do you want it to be great? (laughs) I said, relax. I said, you're going to have to learn how to delegate. I like the fact that you want to be great. You want to be successful, but you're going to have to learn how to delegate and trust other people to help you out. And and then he smiled. And, but for you, um, did that make a world of difference uh, in your life when you started to delegate other things? Yeah, I feel like I got my life back. I mean, and and the thing is, is like, even as good as I am at delegating, like, it's a constant balancing. You know what I mean? It's like, life's like in this river, and we're this boat that's floating in there. And yeah, you finally like got it like all perfect, the waves perfect, like you're you're doing great. And then just something else comes out of whack. You know what I mean, it's like a constant like, okay, well, let's now we got to look at this. You know, but it, but honestly. Um, delegating like and not only delegating but just asking for help like realizing that you need help and figuring it out like maybe you can't hire i, I mean literally like paying to someone 10 bucks an hour to go do all that crappy stuff 30 bucks a day heck yeah i do that every day you know what I mean? um but like let's say you're in a position where you can't you know your kids can also step up like being participating in the family and like okay you know what you're in charge of dinner this night you can plan it figure it out pick it up the groceries or whatever um 
it's, it's huge. And I, and I felt like I'm a better parent. I'm a better person when you're getting, like you're saying, I mean, unfortunately I do have a lot of gray hair. I do color, (laughs) but but you are like less stressed and just, um, a better, a better parent. Like I can be 100% active and present with my kids and give them quality time because I've delegated because I've said, okay, you know what, this is where my line in the sand is. And I'm not, I'm going to be the best parent I know how to be. You know, um, I, I get this one shot with my kids and I can do loans the rest of my life. You know, they get up and out of the house and I can still do loans and that's great, but I'll never have this time back. This is something that you just have only once. And if you don't grab a hold of it right now, and make the most of it and make it your priority because there's always going to be things that are fighting for your time, fighting for your attention. And if you are not actively dividing that time and and saying, no, this is my time with my kids and I will do everything I can to make that my priority, then everything else takes over. It's just what life happens, you know? And, um, it's, it's a, it's a conscious thing. Just like parenting is a very conscious thing. If you do it right. I mean, it's, it's not just doing what's easy because it's never easy if you're doing it right, <laughs> but, yeah. but it, it, it gets easier. You know, if you correct the behavior, then, then it's, then it makes it, makes it easier, but it's, yeah, it, it, it's awesome. It, it gave me my life back. I felt like I was, could breathe again and, and a happier person, happier mom, happier wife. Well, for, for you to even be in that position, Jacinda, obviously it meant that business was going really well for you. So I want to dive into that a little bit now. I want to ask you uh, how you've gotten to be a successful mortgage broker where you are so busy and do require uh, help and the ability to delegate. So how do you describe kind of your, your core values um, as, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's out there uh, constantly looking for new business and, and working hard uh, all the time uh, to, to, earn, to earn your paycheck, so to speak? Um, yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I am doing a loan for my neighbor down the street and he is also the iconic entrepreneur of like, like of all America, like he's got the most awesome story. Um, and he, he does, he, he, he engineered this snow shovel that it's actually won awards and everything. And he's trying to get it. He's got it into Walmart and Home Depot and, Anyway, I, I'm doing a loan for him. I went down, I was just chatting with him, you know, as, as getting some docs. And he's telling me how they got this meeting with Costco. And um, he's saying that he's sent in his, his best salesman, you know. And his wife's like, yeah, she, he's like you. And I'm like, what? I'm, I'm not a salesman. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, no, you are. You are a salesman. And I'm like, I've never seen myself as a salesman. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're like the perfect salesman where it's like, you're just talking to them and anyone can talk to you. And it's just so easy to talk to you. And they're just, because they're just talking to you and they just have this rapport and this relationship. And then, then they're just going to do business with you because that's, there you go. You know? So it was kind of like, a well, this has just happened last week. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting, I just never looked at myself as a salesperson, but that's, this job is, a, I guess, in a lot of ways, a salesperson job because you do need to know how to position things. But it, but I think she kind of hit on really what it is for me and the fact that each client that calls me is a friend or is someone that I, I want to know, you know, I want to get to know them and, and I'm, I'm real with them. You know I mean? I'm not trying to, they can tell that I'm just who I am and I'm not, I'm going to give it to them real. I'm not going to sugarcoat any of the numbers. I want them to know how the numbers are. I'm going to tell it to them as like it is. And the fact that I take the time to educate them and the time that I, 
you know, I want them to, because this, buying a home is a big experience for most people. It's super stressful and they're getting into something that's just huge and unknown and trying to give them that certainty so that they don't feel like they just have to trust me with the numbers. Like I'm like, Hey, this is how you look at it. This is how you read it. Um, I've, I've got nothing to hide. You know what I mean? And the fact that they know that it's like, they can feel that I'm, I'm real, that I'm tr- they can trust me. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to pull any wool over their eyes. We're going to do what's best for them, period. You know what I mean? So I think just having that relationship with people, and as I think almost any business, if you really boil it down, is a relationship business. And it's having the ability to create rapport and relationships with people. And, and, and I think the way you do that is honestly having a genuine desire to help them and to want to make them feel comfortable and just make this a good experience for them. And I, I, and it's kind of cool because it's like, you know, these clients that, you know, come to you the first time, then they call you back for their refinance and they call you back for their other, their next purchase and stuff. They're just kind of a client for life because of that relationship that you built. I, I love it. Go ahead, yeah, Mateen. Yeah, sorry, Justin. You know, I, I had to jump in because uh, I love that. And I, you know what? If you if you peel all the onion back, you peel all the layers back, at the end of the day, it's not hard to be yourself. It's not hard. <laughs> like, it's, it's actually easy to be who you are. Like, other people put on these fronts and they try to dress it up and they try to make it look so glamorous and good. And... The hard part of that, you have to do that 10 more times in that same day. And it's not, you know, I think it's so much easier to say And I'm glad that you said that being so genuine and genuinely really caring about people. Because me, I personally think that that's much more easier than taking the other route. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're exactly right. And honestly, I think when you're talking to someone on the phone, they can tell you when they're trying to, like, if you're trying to sell something to someone, they don't like it. No one likes being sold to. They're like, what are you hiding then? You know what I mean? And, and that's why I was just like, I never looked at myself as a salesperson. You know what I mean? But it, you are presenting an, you know, a product and you are competing with other people, but it's just usually if people call me, they're not going to keep shopping because they found the right fit. You know what I mean? They're just like, Hey, I can trust her. Her rates are amazing. Her clothing costs are amazing. And she's not going to screw me over. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's this, um, and, and I, and it's like, I don't even have to just trust her. I now know how to look at the numbers. I now know how to like, why we're going with this program versus this program, you know? And, and it's easy when you get so much volume that I have, it's easy to just be like, skip the education because you just don't have time, you know, for it. And, you know, you obviously have to read your borrowers because sometimes some people don't want that. You know what I mean? And that's okay too. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's about, like you said, being yourself is really the biggest key is just be who you are. And, and people will respond to that. People will like that. And, um, and, and also like who you are, you know, like there's always going to be imperfections and things that you want to work on or things that are out of balance or whatever, but there's no other you there and, and like yourself, you know, it's, yes. I, I think that's the key. I, I love the fact in our, in our previous conversation, you said that, that every deal has to be your best deal. Um, I, I want you to hit on that, but I also want you to talk about it relative to the fact that your business is attached to your name, or maybe I should say your name is attached to your business. It's loans by Jacinda. So this is, this is not just business for you. This is personal. And I would think that, that every loan you do 
you know, your reputation is weighing on it. So maybe just, just in the, just, just talk about how uh, you approach that where, where every deal has to be your best deal in your mind. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've have been approached by many, 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 um, companies that want me to come work for them. And they're usually like these banks or these, you know, correspondent lenders and the way they do their business, it just bothers me. Like, yeah, maybe I'll make more money, but that's not what I'm all about because the way they do it is like, okay, they give a deal that is like padded with all kinds of fees. And if the person doesn't take that deal or if they start shopping you, then you kind of give them a better deal. You know what I mean, like it's this constant like adjusting of stuff. And I feel like that's just really slimy to me. You know, I'm kind of like, uh, I just want to, I don't want to have to feel like, oh, because you have to make more on this deal because so that, cause you're going to give a better deal to someone else. So you're going to go below. So you have to kind of even it all out. I'm like, I just want to give, my client the very best I can. Every, every client is important. Why, why is this another client just because they're like, Oh, I'm going to shop you around or whatever. Now you get a better deal. No, I, I want to be able to just give them every deal my best deal. And I put my best foot forward every time. It's not like I hold anything back. <clears throat> and I, you know, I mean, oftentimes it's kind of like, I just treat my clients like family. Like, what do I, what would, if, if you were my mom, this is how I'd structure it. You know, this is how we'd structure it. You know, I shop it around. And that's one of the reasons why I love being a broker in the loan world where I can, I'm not just beholden into one lender or one underwriting guidelines. I can definitely do, I'm much more versatile in, in what I do, but also just that I, I sleep really well at night because it's not like I'm like, Ugh, I made money, but did I really make it the right way? You know what I mean? It's about integrity. It's about, um, knowing that your your dealings with your with your clients like you said justin it has your name and it's your reputation that's on the on the line and and i it is honestly it's the reputation that i have that built my business you know what i mean because people trust me and they refer me and you know you always have your shoppers but they come back to me in the end anyway you know what i mean and so they're like oh you know i've got one one uh my clients russ and sullivan total salesman I mean, he ran me ragged the first time he ever, I did his loan because he just kept shopping with me. Oh, this person, this person, he always kept coming back to me. And now I'm like, I'm his girl. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't even try to bother, you know, shopping around. He's already done it. And because everyone knows that Russell Sullivan shops people around, he says, Hey, this is your girl. Like they don't even question it. You know, I'm, I'm the girl. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in your name, obviously, no matter if it's in the neighborhood or just even to my kids, my name means everything. You know what I mean? I want them to be proud of who I am and not be like, oh, your mom, she earns her money the wrong way or whatever. It's just, it's about, yeah, like I said, I, I sleep really good at night. Um, I, you know, I, I really like that and appreciate that. It's funny because I think about my mother, God bless her soul. You know, even because I would say, well, if I screw up, it's on me. She would say, no, 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 it's not. You're my son and you're never going to mess up my name. So <laughs> I didn't understand it when I was a teenager, a know-it-all teenager at some point, sometime, but I do understand it now. Well, well, let me ask you this because, you know, some people may think it's, take the easier route to working for a different company. And, you know, that's, that probably make the process a lot more easier because you got a machine probably behind you or so. For you, what are the perks and the benefits of ownership, of owning your own company? Well, I mean, the buck starts and stops with me, right? Okay. Um, and I love, 
you know, I've got a great team that I've built to, to help me, you know, do what I need to do. But it's just, I mean, it's, and I, I have to give it to, I mean, LTS Mortgage is my brokerage that I use, and I'm so mm-hmm. grateful to them because um, we we went to, my sister and I kind of interviewed a few companies when we went to, we left our last company, and we wanted to go to a company where the, the owners originated loans because <clears throat> when the owners stop originating, they forget the bottom customer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and then they're not really meeting your needs anymore. And so um, these guys are, the, these guys that own the Altius mortgage, I so appreciate them because they handle all the payroll and the broker agreements and all the stuff that I really don't have time for. Um, kind of like another delegation, if you want to say, you know, and they just let me do my thing. And so it has been something I've always appreciated the autonomy because really a broker is a self-employed person. I mean, there, no one's giving you any loans. You have to earn it. And, um, but as you, I, I am grateful, but I don't have to do that part of it. But like I said, I have hired some assistants. I've got my processor that, and we're just kind of a well-oiled machine because if I'm not at my desk, I still know my loans are being attended to. I still know that people are answering my texts my emails, like my clients aren't feeling like, oh, just because of MIA, which is what allows me to also kind of spend some vacation time with my family and <clears throat> do the kind of uh, spend the other, the other kind of quality time that I love to um, do with my family. Um, because, I mean, I, I grew up, and I, I know every person probably on here that says, I grew up dirt poor. It is a total American story. But I really did grow up dirt poor. <laughs> and, and um, you know, my, my parents um, didn't go to college. They had seven kids. And um, I don't even remember them pushing college onto us at all or even talking about it. However, when I look at the seven kids they had, um, you know, two of us went to college, including me. We got our degrees. The other, two of them got their degrees and also got some master's degrees. Um, six of the seven are just crazy successful people. And I think, um, and I look back on that and I think, okay, well, what, what worked? Because I want my kids to be successful members of the community, right? And I'm just kind of like, what, what worked in my childhood? And, and we, you don't have to have money to be rich. That's the Mm. the bottom line, because we were not rich by any means. We had no money. I mean, we had food on the table, so it wasn't like I'm starving. But I knew from a very young age that if I wanted anything at all, that I'd have to go out and earn it myself. Like, I knew that nothing was going to come to me just because someone's going to give it to me. Like, I would earn everything I got. Um, I'd, I'd work for it. If I borrowed five bucks from my dad, he had a ledger. I had to pay him back. You know, it was my parents never gave me money for anything. And I, I didn't even know, like, I didn't know that school clothes was a thing until I was in seventh grade and my friends were showing me their school clothes, you know, quote unquote. And I'm thinking school clothes, like, what are, are we going with into a uniform? Like, I didn't understand that people actually bought clothes to go to school. You know what I mean? Like, it was just a different <laughs> concept for me. Um, and like, even just, even when I got married, like, I didn't know that, I, 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 I didn't even know until I was almost married, like until the wedding was planned and paid for, that there was this expectation for parents to pay for weddings. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing either. So, I mean, I just knew that it was never, that the money part was never going to be there. But what was there was um, my parents would go camping. They'd take us camping, and my mom's family was really tight. My grandma would go, all of my mom's brothers and sisters, there were six of them, they would all come, 
And so we have like these several, you know, four or five days all together that I got to play with my cousins. Um, we would, we would also get together at one of their houses every month. I got to play with my cousins every month throughout the whole year. And then plus like, you know, all this unlimited camping time. And that was like such a rich vacation for us. You know what I mean? Like I was, I couldn't have asked for anything more as a kid. And, um, so even though like, I, I mean, people would probably consider what I'm doing is like glam camping and the purpose of camping is not to be like miserable. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's about just like getting out of your element, setting up a really comfortable situation here and just letting like my kids play. Cause my brother comes, my sister comes like, again, just kind of like what I grew up with. And it just warms my heart watching my kids play together, just like I did as a kid. You know what I mean? And just these cousins, they're just creating these, forging these relationships that is going to last forever. You know what I mean? Like they know each other and they're best friends and their family as well. And we're, we're constantly getting together and they come to my house and we're doing, you know, these parties here. And, um, but, but the camping was something I grew up with. It made us, it made me feel like a very rich childhood is something we continue today. And um, it can be kind of hard, you know, because we, when you're working, you know, a, a tw- 10, 12 hour day normally to try to take a pause and, and do that. But we've worked out ways. I mean, I, we were going to do this huge road trip this summer. Obviously, that's been canceled. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. But what was cool is we traded in our trailer and got, got a motorhome. And it has nice. been just the most freaking best thing ever because um, I can be traveling down the road like we're, as we're getting somewhere and I'm like burning through loans. You know what I mean? I'm just busting stuff out. And, um, literally like I am like, my view is on this windshield with this beautiful lake and mountains as I'm driving down the road, you know? And I'm like, I couldn't be happier. I mean, this is a great office space, you know, to have. <laughs> and, uh, and then like, I just kind of have my own little desk set up even when we were camped. So I can constantly, you know, you know, jump in and do a little bit of work and then jump out and, and again, spend that really focused quality time with my family. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like, um, just knowing, you know, not having this entitlement, that's a big thing for, I want my kids not to, to embrace is I hate, I, I just can't stand entitlement. Um, I, I feel like you're a better person. I think, I think, um, working, you know, putting forth effort means more to you and you accomplish more and like you appreciate you appreciate your you know, money more when you had to put the effort into it. You appreciate what you buy with that. So it's not necessarily about the money, but what the money offers you. Right. Yeah. And if that child has to earn it, they're going to take better care of it. Cause that was like, so then they had to work so hard for, you know what I mean? So it is a little bit like, it is a constant, that's another balancing act that I'm having to like constantly struggle with because we do now have money to, and I'm like constantly like, Oh, I don't want my kids. Like I, I grew up having to earn stuff and I want my kids to feel like they have to like earn their way. Like nothing's just going to be given to them. So it's a constant, like, Oh, I want to be able to just give my kids everything at the same time. I want them to not have the repercussions of that either. So I don't know. It's a constant <laughs> worry for me. It's, it's fascinating to me, Jacinda, because obviously, you know, you create all these opportunities to spend as much time as you can with your kids, with your family. But you, you just said it. I mean, when you're in the RV, you're working. I mean, you, everything that you've done is, is by design because, you know, you, you know that you still have to work on these loans. So what are you doing when you guys are driving, you know, to, to go camp? You're working. And, and Mateen, you got to see the pictures. I will show you that she sent me. She's got a legit 
office setup on this RV. I mean, it's, it's nicer than most people's actual offices. And then she takes her little setup and she can be outside looking at the lake or like you said, looking at the mountain. So it's just, it's fascinating to me the way that you seem to have uh, really nailed it when it comes to that work-life balance that we're all looking for. I'm curious though, how often do people ask you about that? Like, how have you done it? You know, you're, you're obviously able to spend lots of quality time with the kids, um, but you're also really busy too. Um, do people ask you about that often and how you've kind of figured out the, the, the formula like Mateen mentioned earlier? I do get asked that actually. <clears throat> um, and it's just kind of, cause I, I'm, you know, I'm involved with my church and I'm involved with my kids and I'm, you know, I do get a lot done in a day, but I think that's even just the nature of like, like I said, it's just, you got a thousand things to do. And again, the time isn't going to be any different. Right. So, um, but I, yeah, I do get asked that and I get, you know, I, I do tell them, um, it's, it's all about delegation. You know, it's all about figuring out what, what's really the job that you want to do for one that, that bring you joy and pleasure. And then, looking at the rest of the jobs that you, that need to be done and just seeing if that can be done by someone else or figuring out a different way to have them done. So, and, and it's funny cause like this, it's been a little, another, like I told you, all constant balancing act, but it's been um, another transition because, well, actually kind of, I guess you should jump back a little bit, but <clears throat> um, COVID has kind of brought on a couple of really cool opportunities that never would have come beforehand. And um, we were, doing our calendar for the summer in January and kind of putting on when we want to do these trips and everything. And, you know, we only have 10 weeks in the summer with our kids um, before they, you know, between school. And my husband, I told you, he travels internationally. So it's like a Saturday to Saturday. So if he goes on a, on a trip, that ruins like two weekends that we have. So he does four trips. So it's like eight weekends that are ruined that we can't go camping. So we had all these trips on the calendar and I'm just thinking, there's just no way we'll ever be able to do all these things because you're not even going to be here to pull the trailer. Right. You know? So, um, I, I said, you know what, Alex, I just, I wish that this summer that you could just like take the summer off from work. Like, I just wish you'd be like, Hey, work, I'm going to come back, but just, I'm just taking the summer off and then I'll just come back. You know, I'm like that, that would be my dream. And, uh, you know, that <laughs> because of COVID, that was a, a, that was an opportunity that was offered to us. Like he could do a leave of absence for three months. And we, so he's been home this summer. And like, this was like a dream of ours because now, like I told you, it takes two and he is a special dad and a special husband. And that opportunity to take this time with our kids this summer at such a crucial ages has been just amazing, such a blessing. And I don't, I don't want people saying that I caused COVID because I asked for this, but, but, this is, but I mean, there's been some cool things that happened for that. And, and honestly, like when COVID hit, um, it, again, Justin, like you're saying with the technology that we have, it was really cool because I've always, I always felt like I had my summers were too short with my kids. And I kind of had the dream pipe dream really of homeschooling my kids because I knew I wouldn't have time to actually, you know, do the teaching and everything, but I just wanted them home and have us a versatility of we have to go places. And so the other thing with COVID hitting the, the very week they sent the kids home from school, um, we got into our RV and headed down to, to Sedona, Arizona. My oldest daughter's name is Sedona and um, she was named after that place. It's just a gorgeous place. Mm. She always wanted to go there, but we could never like fit it into the summer schedule. And so it was like, wow, we've got, we, we headed down there. If we had a magical week, 
Nobody was there because it's, you know, COVID hit. Nobody's there. We're still isolating our family because we're camping and we're just together. We're going on all these hikes, just us, but no one's there. You know what I mean? And, um, it was so fun. And then I've always had a dream of going to the Grand Canyon. I've always wanted to go there. Never again can work it in. Well, Sedona's like on the way, you know, the Grand Canyon is basically on the way home for us. So I, um, we stopped in the Grand Canyon, just extended that trip a little more. And my husband's working from his, you know, RV and I'm working from the RV and we got to go to the Grand Canyon. And there was literally nobody there. It was so cool. Like all the viewing points, there was just railing. You know what I mean? Like there was no people blocking any view, you know? So we're just taking all these cool, crazy pictures and, um, got to enjoy that off my, you know, check off my bucket list right there. But it was just, uh, an opportunity that was just awesome. And so like, again, my kids are, doing school through the internet. You know what I mean? Like they had their, they were still doing their school as we went down there. The teachers are posting stuff and they're doing it. And I'm like, it, this is, it would just create such an opportunity to have so much more, you know, focused family time. And it was, it was awesome. I've, I've really enjoyed the opportunities that this was presented. See you, see you are a little too modest for me because if it was me, I would have had my kids thinking that I rented both of those places. <laughs> I got everything. <laughs> I took care of everything. I, I got it just for us. It's, all of this is for us. I paid all this money to make sure we are the only ones here. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but no, that seemed like a bunch of fun what you guys did, but um, you know, I, I was thinking about something because you, you talked about like that balance with your kids. You want them, um, your kids to have certain things. But then again, you want them to, to know that they have to work hard for whatever it is that they want. And I was thinking um, you are you're showing them because they see how hard you work. You're finding the time to to find that balance. But they see you work um, in your office, in your camper or or they see what you're doing. So I think that's going to, your kids will benefit from that in the long run. I saw my mother, my mother worked in the factory. I'm from Michigan, Flint, Michigan, where General Motors uh, was big time. A lot of the parents worked at General Motors when I grew up. So I would see her um, going back and forth to work and, you know, all the effort and uh, to provide for us. So trust me, I know you want to challenge your kids because I do the same with my son. I, you know, I try to challenge mm-hmm. him, but they see it. And I think what you're doing on a daily basis, and they see how hard you're working to provide for them, they'll learn from that in the long run. Well, I totally appreciate that because, man, it's, that's, not, that's a, one of my biggest worries as a parent is trying to make sure they're not in, an entitled generation yeah. of people that I, I don't want to send into the world. So I, <laughs> I, think that, I appreciate that. Have you, to piggyback off of that, have you had a moment, and I, I know your, your kids, like you said, they, they rage and ages from from 13 all the way down to five, but you have, have you had a moment that stands out where, where one of the, maybe one of the older kids has, has said something to you about how, how much they appreciate how hard you work for, for the opportunities that you guys have to, to take these cool trips and to have all this family time together. Has there, has there ever been an interaction with one of your older children like that? Oh yeah. I mean, they, gratitude is probably one of my biggest principles in life. And, and I think um, my kids have, I, I think they know they can get a whole lot more with me with gratitude than asking for anything for sure. <laughs> but they, they, uh, oh, you know, we last, what's the last year? Um, we went to Fiji and it was like a dream vacation. I mean, it was like those vacations that you think only rich people can take. Um, 
and as I'm looking back, probably only rich people could take it because it was really expensive. <laughs> but, but, um, but it's hard for me to think like, wow, we're actually experiencing this, you know. But my kids, I mean, it was just a dream for all of us. And my kids, I mean, even just yesterday, I, I went, um, came back from an appointment. My, my 11-year-old son, he comes up to me and just hugs me. He's just like, Mom, I just thank you so much for everything you do for us. And mom, you know what? I'm just going to really try hard to like really help you out around here. And you just let me know what you need. And I'm, I'm going to really try hard to make sure I'm getting it done. And if, if you need me to make you lunch, I, I can make you lunch. You know what I mean? Like he, they, they definitely recognize, you know, like they're just the sweetest kids. And, and I, I probably like to spend time with them just because they are just such great stellar little people. I love them. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean they're, they're all like super grateful. I mean, my five-year-old though, my five-year-old daughter, I mean, she's always asking to go back to Fiji though. Cause that was, you know, she, that was, that was her jam for sure. <laughs> you know, my guess that's all of our jam. Although I have to say like when we went on a cruise, we had this really cool waiter that we just fell in love with. And, um, my son comes home and he's like, man, I just, you know, cause your cruises, you know, you've got all your food brought to you. You just eat this gourmet meal that you didn't have to prepare. And then they clean it all up for you. It's like, it's beautiful. Right. So <laughs> I come home and my, my six year old was just like, man, mom, I just, I just really miss Leonardo. And I'm like, Oh, trust me, honey. You do not miss him as much as I miss him. <laughs> like I, I guarantee I miss him more than you because <laughs> just not having to do that part is, yeah, I, I would love that. I, but yeah, no, it's my kids are all very, very grateful, and they recognize how blessed we are um, to be able to to do the things that we do do. What what uh, what other advice would you give to people who who think that they can't be present? That was something you mentioned um, a little while back in our conversation, but it stood out to me because let's be honest, in your business, I mean, you you've got to be there for your clients, but obviously you've structured it in a way that they're going to get correspondence, whether it's from you, from your assistant or, or via technology, that's going to be covered. But, but what advice do you have to other people out there, um, whether in the, they're in the mortgage business or in another industry about the ability uh, to be present, you know, when you're, when you're around your family and kind of leave the work for a little while and, and have that time um, where you're not distracted, what would you tell people who think they can't really do that? Um, I would say, first of all, um, you know, get rid of the phone, like don't take the phone with you, with your family, because I can't even tell you the number of people that I'm seeing and they're just like, they're on their phone. I mean, there's always something pulling your attention there, whether it be Facebook or some game that you're suddenly addicted to, whatever your, your, if your focus is on your phone, your focus is not on your kids then. And so that's again, why I actually, I kind of even people know my clients know if there's an emergency or something like that to call me on the weekend because I'm not checking my texts. I'm not into my phone at all. Um, and I, I think, um, it's, it's like I said, it's a conscious decision to be present because your mind is always wandering. Your mind's always like, Oh, I got this to do, this to do, this to do. And you have to actually structure the time. Like I said, to be like, Hey, I'm setting this time aside and I'm not going to worry about this stuff right now. And, and if you don't have that ability to do that, then that tells, that's a red flag saying, okay, well now it's time to look for some, some help. Like, is there someone else that can do this stuff so that you can have that focus time with your kids? But I would say that the, the electronics, I mean, I'm, I honestly don't do Facebook. Um, I don't have time to do that. And I, and it's not that I think Facebook's bad because, but I, I would go on it when it first came out, like I went on it and also I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was three hours. Like I don't have three hours to be on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, like what the heck? So I, I just kind of just took that off. 
And um, I've, I've known people that have kind of done some electronic fast, you know, because they, and they, I think, and I'm talking like people our age, doing an electronic fast where they're not on Facebook and not on Instagram and not feeling like they have to post everything they have to the world. I'm, I, I don't ever post anything either, but um, I'm, I'm not really thinking like, oh, that'd be a cute picture to tell everybody about, but that's not how I'm thinking. I'm like, that's a cute picture for me to, to remember this by, you know. So I, I would just say, be very, very conscious when you're touching your electronics of any sort to make sure that that's the time, that's where you want to invest the time. Like, is that where you want to invest the time or you want to invest the time with your, is there something else that's a higher priority, you know? And, and it's a, yeah, that's the only way that I feel like you can, can be present is to make sure you've structured your day so that those things can be taken care of and then just make sure you're not distracted. Well, and you is, is you talked about social media, which uh, is funny to me because people have two lives. They have their regular life and then they have a social media life. And on their social media life, they're living much better than their regular life. So <laughs> I don't I don't buy too much into the social media thing. I you know, I, I do it sometimes, but I, I get it. I know what it's about. But let me dive back into this because you said being present and we have a variety of different listeners that listen to our podcast. And what I want, when you said be present, I want, you know, some of our people that that's leading of folk um, to understand that you always have to be present. Like if someone come up to your desk and if you're and asking a question, stop, close the computer and give them their undivided attention. Because what I see sometime and notice what a lot of people, well, they're trying to continue to do their job have listening to what who's ever coming up to them trying to talk to them about um and, and as a leader people want to feel appreciated you know and that's a situation where you can lose a lot of leadership capital if you're not present uh you know being right if someone come up to you so make sure that you give your team members and people you're leading, your undivided attention. Because if you do things like that, then you build that trust, they feel appreciated, and then you know everything will, will run smoother, a lot smoother, I, I would say. Uh, yeah, I, I think you hit on something, Mateen, with the, the appreciated because, I mean, probably at least once a week, I mean, I get overwhelmed with just like, how grateful I am to have the help because of the amount of work that just pours in is just, it can be quite overwhelming. You almost feel like waving up the right flag and saying, okay, I give up. Obviously I'm never going to get on top of my email today. Um, but I, you know, I turn to my assistant and I'm just like, man, I am so grateful for you. There's no way that I'd be able to do this without you. You know, there's no way I'd even be half the person I am right now today without you because she is seriously like such a support to me, you know, and, and, and enabling me to actually be a better loan officer, be a better parent um, because of that support. And it's always those support people that maybe, you know, we, we need to make sure we are recognizing and, and, and yes. show them our gratitude because it's honestly, there's no way you could do it otherwise. And verbalizing it too. You know, it's like yeah. you guys hit it on the head. It's like, it means so much. But to do so little can mean so much. Simply saying thank you to somebody or I appreciate you or thank you for doing that for me. Um, whether it's your, like you said, your, your assistant or, or it's your spouse, um, just taking the time to do that. It seems like a simple thing and sometimes it might just, you know, not really be in your thought process, but, but really just taking the time to say thank you and showing gratitude. It really can go a long way. Um, you know, in, in, like you said, really, it all goes back to relationships, right? And that's a huge part of, of having great relationships. You know, Justin, I, one thing that I have to give it to my husband about is, you know, when we, 
before I hired someone to do the meals, I, I mean, my husband would honestly, every single time we sat down to dinner, he would thank me for making that meal. Sincerely. It wasn't just like a, a platitude. He would sincerely thank me for making that meal. And my kids have kind of recognized that. And they're like, oh, mom, this is delicious. Thank you for making that meal. Oh, my gosh. You know how much that helps, you know, when you're put all that time in a, in a meal and they're, and they're thankful for it, you know. And, and my husband would thank me for doing the laundry and thank you for doing this grocery shopping. Because sometimes we get into these roles like, oh, well, these are just your jobs, right? And then you're not having the thank you. Like, Alex, thank you so much for going to work and providing the assurance for our family and just making it so that I, you know, we don't have to worry about that part or, you know, whatever it is. But constantly thanking your, your, your spouse, I think is the biggest thing. Cause sometimes they, you forget to do that. Right. But, um, Matina, I was wanted to say one thing on what you're talking about, your social media life being bigger and better than your, than the actual. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of, I banned my daughter from any kind of social media. I'm like, you, you cannot do social media until you stop comparing yourself. And oh, I was boy. teaching a class. I was teaching a class and we were kind of, kind of brought up and I just, I told him like, you know, I told my daughter, you know, she, She's not going to have it until she stops comparing herself. And the lady in the audience is like, uh, I'm, I'm, I still compare myself. You know what I mean? Like, does that ever go away? You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that's, uh, I guess I got to tell us about she doesn't ever, ever get to have social media. But, <laughs> but, it's, but I think the problem is like, I see the poison that happens when, when you compare yourself because like no one, and, and the thing is, is like, there's this type of inaccurate, total lie that people like to believe yep. that everyone else's life is better than theirs. And they're the only ones going through this. So they're the only ones that sit there alone at lunch. They're the only ones that feel insecure. They're the only ones that, you know, um, it's like my daughter when she's telling me and, and I'm like, Sedona, I swear to you at that age, at that teenage, I would never go back and do junior high. You could not pay me enough to go back and do junior high because it is such an awkward growing stage. And I promise you that every kid in that lunchroom feels the same way. They're just trying to belong. You know, they all don't feel like they belong. They feel like they're out of their skin. And she's like, no, mom, it's just me. I'm like, no, I promise you it is. Like, <laughs> how do you know? I'm like, because I know, because I'm now on the other side of that. And I see that. And I, and, but the problem is, is even as an adult, like I, I talk to adults and they're just like, gosh, everyone's going on vacation, but me, everyone's, you know? And so honestly, part of the reason I don't share on Facebook is I'm like, I don't want to make anyone else feel bad. You know what I mean? About their life. Right. And I, I, I actually like, I'm genuinely happy for people when they're celebrating something cool. I'm genuinely, I like, I just want everyone to feel this genuine happiness for other people. However, like there's this, um, this comparison thing that I think is a huge trap that's easy to fall into. And I think a lot of times when you're really involved in social media, you kind of get this fake world that you start to see things through this fake filter of, of that's not right. You know, it's not how everyone's life isn't great. And my, I was talking to one of my friends and her son had built a little, he had his crappy summer. He was just like, I don't, I'm not doing anything on summer that his sister put together this video with like some of their highlights. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm watching this video and it looks like I had the most coolest summer ever. Like everyone that sees this video is going to think I had the best summer ever. He goes, but I didn't like, it was sucked. The summer sucked. You know what I mean? And, he, and he, I think he was just that realization in his head. Like, wow. Like, I wonder how many other people's videos show something that's really not like, it's a very skewed perceptive, like perception of what's going on. But anyway, sorry, I, I oh, was no. calling on that when you said that. No, I'm glad you said that because 
this is very important in today's world. And, you know, people get caught up in the likes and you got to be, you got to be comfortable with who you are as a person, not worrying about the likes and all the attention you can get on social media. And that's something that I, I try to preach to my son all the time. Like screw all the likes, and that that stuff means absolutely nothing. As long as you're comfortable in your own skin, um, I even had to, you know, because I have an NBA background. I play in the NBA. I even had to tell my son all of those clothes that you guys want to go out and spend all of this money on. What they do, they give people that famous people, they give it to them free. So you can think it's cool, and then you go pay all this money for it. So the person that you think they spend a lot of money, they're not. They get it free but they're going to trick you to make you go out and spend all this money for it. So be comfortable with the person you are in your skin and don't get caught up in the likes and what people think of comparing yourself. I see it here at work. We got people that's making a ton of money, account executives, and you got a guy that's been on the floor two months and he want to buy a, a, a custom made suit like the guy that's been here five years. I'm like, no, no comparisons. You go by your life on how, you know, you take your time. It's a process. And, so don't get caught up in the comparisons. You're, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was a great point. And, and Jacinda, you certainly are comfortable with, with who you are. Uh, you, you, you do things the way that, that you see fit. And, you know, to, to kind of put a bow on the conversation, I guess, because this kind of, I guess, uh, encompasses everything we've talked about with you and your story and your business and your family. Um, looking at different ways to get outcomes. That was something that, that you had brought up uh, that really kind of piqued my curiosity. Um, tell our listeners kind of your approach to that, you know, and I, and I know you, you've covered it with some of the strategic decisions that you make to make your, your work uh, life balance flow the way it does. But, but what does that mean to you looking at different ways to get outcomes in both your, your business and your personal life? Well, and actually there's two sides of that, Justin, which is allowing other people to have other ways to do outcomes as well. Like instead of trying to dictate to them what they need to do, let them figure it out too. You know what I mean? Like not try to control them. And I learned that in my, you know, quote unquote previous life as, as, as a technology manager. But, um, but I, I feel like, Again, it's it's about taking a step back and thinking, okay, because honestly, we get into this trap that we have to do it all. Like we have this trap in our mind that we just kind of don't look at the possibilities. And, you know, when I'm looking at a, a customer's loan scenario, sometimes it's all over the place. Like you have to really like mold it and shape it to finally fit into this nice little box for them to get a loan. And it's all about finding solutions, right? It's like trying to think a little bit out of the box. Okay, well, if we do this or this, okay, let's pay off this. And it's just a constant problem solving. And I, I love those kind of games too, like those strategic games. I, I kind of really enjoy them. But, um, but it's just taking that step back and saying, okay, let's, what is the most important things here? You know what I mean? What are your priorities? What is the most important things here? And making sure that those are the ones that are getting the most attention and like making sure that all the rest of the noise and stuff is still can, you know, if it has to get done, it has to get done. But what's taking over most of the time, you know, things that are, are good and important take over the things that are essential. You know, if we don't make things that are essential first, they're going to get ran over. And so I, I, did, I literally just take a step back and be like, okay, I, I look at what's the most important thing. Okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and all these other things that are important to do, but not, and I, I look to see, like, is it really important that I do this? That's kind of the question I have. Like, is this the thing that I want to spend my time on? Is this really the important thing where I don't feel like anyone else can 
do this and still get kind of the outcome where you're saying, but um, as we're kind of shifting, cause we're, we don't have any nannies right now cause um, Alex is home uh, full time and we're kind of shifting jobs. Cause like now he, we went camping, guess who did the laundry when they came back? Alex, you know, yeah. he had to like write down all the instructions on how to do it. Right. But he, he did it, you know, and then he comes to me like, uh, you know, the way I do my, my, um, my cooking and my menus, like I'll sit down and I, I write the menus out for the week. I just go get the groceries and then it's like, we can just choose whichever one we want to make. Right. So he comes to me and he's like, okay, well give me the grocery list. And I'm like, well, what you like, you want the staples or what? He's like, well, what do you want me to buy at the store? I'm like, well, do you have, do you have menus? He's like, no. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's how we would, that's how I would make them a grocery list. And he's like, well, are you saying I have to go do menus? I'm like, I'm not saying you have to go do menus. You can do however you want to do it. You know what I mean? But if you're going to come into me at night at five o'clock and ask what we're going to make for dinner, then, then I'll be upset that you didn't do menus because I'll be like, I don't want to make another decision. You know what I mean? Like you, if you're going to take over dinner, you can do it however you want. You know what I mean? And so it's just kind of like letting him take those reins and figure out his own way of doing it. And that's okay. Like however he wants to do it, that's fine. And, and you kind of have to do that. That's, that's the problem is, is we, we try to, is trying to give up that control. And, and just trusting other people. And yeah, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be like how you would have done it, but is a job getting done at the end of the day? Sure. And you just got to be okay with that because that's part of delegating is giving them, empowering them to do it their way. And that's okay. I mean, if the job's getting done and they're doing it their way, fine. It works. You know what I mean, um, and that, so it's kind of like, I, I think the hardest part about delegating is people have a hard time giving up that control, but you just kind of got to realize like, what's the trade-off? And the trade-off is you get your time back and you get a lot more stuff that you can never get any other way. And so if you are complaining to that person or not letting them do it their way, then that, that doesn't work either. And you can't, as you said, you cannot put a price tag on time. That is a commodity that is invaluable. So uh, great, great stuff. Great lessons today, uh, Mateen. Lots of, lots of food oh, for yes. thought uh, from Jacinda. And hey, I, I got to tell you, but before we let you go, whenever this COVID thing is over, you got to save a couple of seats on the RV for Mateen and myself because we're coming out there. We want to hop on the camper. And if you'll let us hang, you know, we'll play with the kids, whatever the case may be, I want to see this RV myself in person. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, you got it. I'll have him. I, I actually will take a picture of your guys' feet there with your names on it. We'll put a little name tag for you guys. Nice. <laughs> nice. Love it. Jacinda Montano, thanks so much for joining us. It was really a great conversation. We appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and sharing your story with us. Thanks so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. To make sure you never miss an episode of Power Forward, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now featuring more inspirational stories of success. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Power Forward.